Friends, we need to chat. As the days count by, I can't help but think about the shift from the first half to the second half of the year. 2024 is flying by so fast. I want to give you a heads up that I'm hosting a free mid-year reboot event at the end of June. It's called Start Fresh, and it's exclusively for email subscribers. I'll be teaching how to untangle all of your projects and ideas to create a motivating plan for scrapbooking during the rest of 2024. The event will also feature a special offer for a no-subscription membership that is only available once per year. To lead up to this exclusive event, I'm also sharing some of my best secrets for scrapbooking more consistently with my email subscribers. If you are not getting emails from me, from Jennifer Wilson from Simple Scrapper, make sure you press pause on this episode and head over right now to simplescrapper.com slash focus. Simply enter your information and you'll be all squared away. Plus, I'll send you the Focus Finder, our favorite tool that you can start using immediately. I'll see you over there. Being a part of this community and scrapbooking has taught me to be myself and love myself. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 164. In this episode, I'm interviewing Heba Elsabai for the My Way series. My Way is all about celebrating the unique ways memory keepers get things done. We're excited to have Heba as the April featured artist at Simple Scrapper. Hey, Heba, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. Yes, I think this is going to be a fun conversation. I'm excited to get to know you a little better. I've been following you for a while uh, and constantly hearing about you from others, <laughs> sharing oh. your work. And <laughs> so you. could you kick things off a little bit and share a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, my name is Hibel Sabai. Um, I'm a mother of two. So my son's 20 and my daughter is 17. Uh, been married for almost 22 years now, very close to 22. And I live in the state of Georgia. Um, I was raised in Georgia, but also raised in the Middle East. So at a certain point of my life, my parents moved to Jordan and uh, we lived there for a few years. So I was lucky enough to kind of have that culture as well. So um but I'm also a crafter, a journaler, a YouTuber. <laughs> I'm I'm loving being a part of our little community and uh, documenting my journey. Yes, our community is so amazing. I'm just I love the spirit of collaboration and how we just kind of yes. feed off one another, and it's just so it's so positive. Yes, and definitely. I, just, I love that about it because there's yeah. a lot of parts of the internet that aren't quite so positive. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm grateful for it for sure. 
So my favorite question to ask our guests is what's exciting you right now in memory keeping? It really could be anything at all. So um, I do planning, but it's not like major planning. I'm not like a planner girl kind of thing, but I love to plan and kind of get ahead of myself and have everything planned out for me. Uh, I've been using a get to work book for like the past five years. Mm-hmm. But this year I've discovered the passion planner or okay. I'm going to say like the end of 2021 and I decided to buy one and I have been obsessed about it. It's like, uh, it's kind of like an, a creative outlet with my planning. It's been so much fun to work in the passion planner because I can still use my stamps. I can kind of do something different than what I usually do in my, you know, my usual crafting. Uh, So I'm really, really excited about it. And I'm hoping to start sharing that very soon. I'm curious in terms of the format and I have, I have a general gist, but, and I'll link out for our audience as well. What are some of the major differences between the passion planner and the get to work book in terms of how it's like functioning differently for you? Well, for the get to work book, when I used to use it, it was really basically just planning. So I would write down what's happening for the week and, you know, appointments and all that good stuff. And I used Mm -hmm. to do a little bit of, you know, creativity here and there, just add like my current leads every week. I also used it to help me um, kind of plan my project life. Uh, But with the passion planner, I've been using their bottom, like they have this portion at the bottom of their uh, planner, where it helps you kind of be creative because it asks you to um, do whatever you want in that section kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So what I've been using it for is I think they call them mind planning. Um, And so a lot of I've seen a lot of people use it that way where they kind of do one portion of it like um, to talk about their day or to talk about the movies they watched or something like that. But I have been using that section to be creative and use my stamps and kind of document my day or my week, let's say, uh, in that little small portion of my planner. And it's just been fun to kind of use it that way and be creative while planning, basically. Oh, yeah, I love that. And I love how you've, you've taken an idea you saw somewhere else and adapted it to the, the, the new tool that you were using. Yeah. And you know, we're able to bring, kind of merge the creative planning and the practical planning parts together as well. So. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, I hope that continues to be successful. So now this is the weekly passion planner, not the daily, right? Uh, right, the weekly. Okay. All right. Super yeah. fun. Yeah, I was just looking at that yesterday because I came across some random YouTube video and then went down a rabbit hole. And uh, Believe that, me, so. I went through the rabbit hole, la- like I think in December, I, w- I went bananas. I was watching YouTube videos, Instagram posts, all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's so fascinating because there's that whole the whole other planner community out there. Of folks oh yeah, who have, you know all of the planners all the time. So yes, exactly. And then, kind of almost the flip side of this, what, what's exciting you now? Question is, what is on your storytelling bucket list? So this is tends to be a more significant, sometimes deeper, sometimes hard, but not always. But something that just really feels important or critical for you to document, but that you haven't done yet. 
So I've been wanting to document my childhood. Um, and it's not anything deep or anything like that. I have a lot of photos of, you know, me as a kid, a teenager, and I've never obviously, you know, scrapbooked those uh, because I started scrapbooking at an older age. Uh, so I really want to go back and tell those stories. And it's really funny because when I look at my photos, I remember the story behind a lot of those photos. And I think it would be fun to kind of um, document them and write out those stories and have a little album or a notebook that carries those stories for me and not just sitting in, you know, your typical old fashioned albums. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something I really want to go back and do. I did start uh, a few months ago, just dabbling in it and kind of documenting a few stories from my childhood, but I've been watching uh, Laura Wansick. Mm -hmm. And she does it so well. She, I think she documented her whole high school uh, photos and albums and things like that. And that's something that I really want to do and um, hopefully get to do it in 2022. So do you already have a format in mind for how you want to go about it? Or, or have you only just kind of started gathering yeah. things? So um, I started in a, I don't know if you know those uh, Everyday Explorers mini mm -hmm. traveler's notebooks. So yeah. I think maybe it was her November, Christine's November or October kit. And there, there was a stamp that said, I think it said like my childhood or memories from my childhood. And that sparked something with me. It was like, oh, you know what? Maybe... I should document them in these little mini notebooks and that way it's not going to be overwhelming. And I oh, don't yeah. like, and if I don't have like a major story or I don't remember details of the story, I don't have to have, you know, a page of journaling basically. So I'm hoping to stick to those. I think the project will get done and um, I wouldn't kind of wear myself out basically. Oh, for sure. I love keeping it, like keeping really tight boundaries around it so that you know you can make it doable and yes. not not set yourself up for overwhelm or frustration because you <laughs> over-designed it, I guess. Overdid it, yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I always try to keep things as simple as possible. I know when you look at my spreads, you think, oh my gosh, she did so much work on that. But honestly, a lot of my work is very simple and easy because I never want to overwhelm myself and not finish that project. So I always try to keep things simple. And if it's a small notebook, it doesn't make a difference. It just makes my life easier. Well, I think you like a lot of structure in the design, um, use a lot of grids. And yep. so there, yeah, there may be a lot on the page, but you're doing that kind of advanced planning. So it's kind of like a puzzle that fits together in the end. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this is one of our My Way episodes where we get to really peel back the curtain on your hobby. Uh, but before we really dive in, I wanted to give our listeners a little teaser about what makes you tick. Right now in Simple Scrapper, we are talking about organization. This is our second creative journey of 2022. This is our two-month period where we dive deep into a theme. And so I'm curious if you have one or two favorite organizing tips for us. So one uh, thing I love to do or use for organizing my embellishments 
is these makeup drawers. They're acrylic makeup drawers. I use them mm -hmm. all the time. I, I discovered them years ago, maybe like back in 2015 or something like that. And I thought to myself, oh, this is so cool. I think I probably saw it on a makeup guru <laughs> YouTube channel. And she was organizing her lipstick in there. And I thought, wow, these are perfect. I think I can use them to organize my stickers, my labels, all that good stuff. So I bought myself a set and I never looked back after that. I started organizing all my you know, acetates, my labels, my chipboard. Uh, I just feel like they're the perfect organization container to hold all your embellishments and have it sitting on your desk so you can actually use them. Yes. And, and they're clear so you can see them and you know yep. what you're going for. Yes. Um, I love those. So yeah. And if I you're over... not the first person to have mentioned that on the really? podcast. No. <laughs> yeah, I love them. They're yeah. so, yeah, they're so awesome. It actually sent me down a rabbit hole. I ended up with just acrylic dishes, but in my uh -huh. drawers. And so, cause I, I prefer more clothes storage, Yeah, uh, but still having the smaller containers and having a lot of them was game changing for actually being able to organize my embellishments. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. So I love that strategy. And I have a lot of those baskets in my or containers in my bathroom as well that actually have makeup in them too so. <laughs> yeah they're perfect they're perfect for everything honestly and for sure I think you yeah. it's always it's a good way to remind yourself that you have too many of a certain <laughs> embellishment and you need to stop buying them right you should yes. because if it doesn't fit in the drawer that means you're overdoing it basically Yes, yes. Don't let it go beyond the container. Yes. So let's kind of taking it back here. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started scrapbooking and maybe how your hobby has evolved since that time? Uh, so uh, back in 20, 2007, uh, my husband and I and the kids, we moved to Dubai. And uh, my next door neighbor was a scrapbooker. She had shown me her albums and was sharing with me how she kind of documents her kids. And I was blown away. I really fell in love and was like, I want to do that too. So basically, um, I asked her, would you teach me how to do this? Like, how do you do this? And where do you buy all this stuff? And um, she taught me how to scrapbook. We used to scrapbook together she would let me use her um, supplies and then she would uh, kind of take me with her to buy all the things. So it basically started there. It was more of, I wanted to document my kids as well. And I loved how she was doing that. Uh, obviously it was like the traditional 12 by 12. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously I grew from that. Uh, but it was uh, a way for me to be creative. I've always been creative. Uh, my mother is very creative and I grew up, she used to do ceramics. So I grew up with her letting us paint things for her and stuff like that. So I had it in me, but I didn't know where to go with it. If that makes sense. Yes, it totally yeah, does. Yeah. So finding that and being able to, uh, you know, add those photos in an album with beautiful paper, I was all for it. 
You know, it's so interesting that you talk about kind of those those hints from childhood of of being like being creative or artsy or I know you're a big reader as well and we love yes. stories like all these little things like a lot of us liked school supplies and yeah. office supplies and things like that too. It all yeah. kind of has come together into this yeah. you know unique yeah. hobby for us. When I actually started scrapbooking my sister told me, but you've always done this. And I was like, no, I haven't. And she was like, yeah, remember when you had your son, you did a little scrapbook uh, album and it wasn't, it was, I don't know if you remember those calendars that you get with your baby book, your baby's first year, and you fill it out with information from the hospital and his Mm -hmm. first words. So there was a calendar in there and I had used like stickers and photos and just added in his first words and things like that. And I thought to myself, well, actually that is kind of like scrapbooking and a kind of, you know, creative. Totally. Yeah. And she reminded me of that. It's very much memory planning, isn't yeah, it? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. So how how did it come to be like how, when did you start drifting away from maybe the traditional 12 by 12 is there any are there any particular like points of change in the industry that really uh started shifting things for you Oh yeah it was project life uh <laughs> when I discovered project life and Becky Higgins I just fell in love and I thought that was the coolest way to scrapbook and just a great way to kind of document your week. You know, I never ever thought of documenting my week and always documented my favorite photos or an occasion, but to be able to document all the photos that I take in one album was like heaven to me. So I uh, fell in that rabbit hole of Becky Higgins, bought all the kits, um, and then scrapbook.com, not scrapbook.com, sorry, Studio Calico um, started working with uh, Becky Higgins and started their documenter kit. Back then mm-hmm. it was called the Project Life Kit. Subscribed and that was it. Like I never looked back. I think for, at some point all I was doing was Project Life. I wasn't doing 12 by 12s anymore and was just creating in my Project Life album. It's so interesting to think about how things have evolved in the past decade and how I feel like now we're at a point where we're feeling the craving both to document the everyday and the big moments and how can we bring those together or choose different formats for one mm-hmm. versus the other. We have so many options today, yes. but I think it did fundamentally change the attention that we place on and the value we have in everyday moments that are as important as, as birthdays yes. and holidays. And I love that. I love that it evolved to that because I mm-hmm. think that's, the little details are to me the most important thing because now that my kids are older and I don't have toddlers and little kids in elementary school. So when I get to look back on my project life albums and see them as little ones, it just, it makes me so happy to see what they were doing and where we used to go and what they like to do because now what they like to do is totally different, you know? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's beautiful to look back on my 2011 album and then look mm. at my 2021 album. It's such a big change and it's beautiful to see that. 
Oh, for sure. So are you still creating in, are you still doing project life today? Like what sizes and formats do you create in most of the time? Uh, yes, I still do project life. I think I will never stop doing project life. I just love it way too much. Um, I been working in a six by 12 for the past three years. I think this is going to be my fourth year in a six by 12. Uh, before that I was doing it in a 12 by 12, but as the kids got older, I didn't need all that space. So that's why I decided to go into like, you know, change the size. I also work in traveler's notebooks. I love traveler's notebooks. I think the size is perfect. It's not too big not too overwhelming. And uh, I especially love Studio Calicos because they have that pattern. So you Mm. don't even have to worry about like coming up with your own ideas or adding your own paper. So I love those. Yeah, Yeah, it's built in (laughs) for you. It's easy. And I love myself an easy spread. Like I just love to create and have fun and not worry about, you know, all the details basically. Now, I'm curious about the 6 by 12. What do you like about that particular size and orientation? And are you doing mostly pockets? Do you do any full page 6 by 12s? So what I like about the 6 by 12 is uh, because I've been doing Project Life for so long, I am kind of on auto. (laughs) Like, like (laughs) I, I know what I like. I like to have a certain amount of photos on my spread and a certain amount of cards. I know that sounds crazy, but it's just, that's how I'm used to doing it. And it works for me and I don't have to think hard about it. So the 12 by 12 format, I love, but the size of the album, I don't. So if Mm -hmm. I stayed with a six by 12, that way I still have the 12 by 12. If you use two pocket, um, what are they called? Page protectors. Yes. Uh, you still have that 12 by 12, but it's in a six by 12 album and it doesn't take up all that space in your craft room and it's not heavy. Oh, I love thinking about it that way. That's super fun. Yeah. It's just, um, I was still able to work in a 12 by 12, but yeah. not, but not basically. <laughs> no, that's, that's terrific. And I've, I've, Obviously, I create spreads all the time, but I've just never thought of it that way as, you know, two six by 12s as a 12 by 12. And, you know, a very much a, here's my design A. And yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, it just made more sense in my head. It uh, made sense to me. And I uh, kind of felt like this is the way to go. I can shrink it down, but also still have that style that I'm used to. Yes, yes. Now, I'm curious, um, it sounds like you kind of have a formula for how you put this together. How does your photo management fit into that? So um, I take all my photos uh, with my iPhone and I do keep my photos kind of organized on my phone into albums. So every like few weeks, I'll go into my phone and create little albums and I'll call them like week one, January, you know, week two, January. And that way, when I come to start working on my project life, those photos are there for me. And I just go in there and choose the ones I want to document. And basically, you know, I use some filter apps and then print them out. 
and work on my project life. I find like when I have them organized on my phone, uh, I don't have to struggle into finding those photos. I love that. Anything you can do to kind of give yourself a shortcut later is often so helpful. Yeah, I, I usually don't wait too long to start documenting uh, a certain week, but sometimes you fall behind and you don't want to kind of struggle with the choosing your photos and finding those photos. But I also do use my planner to add little uh, photos in my planner on the calendar that helps me or reminds me what happened that week. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, always my like calendar in my planner are little mini photos that fit into the calendar. And then I can basically go into my planner and kind of take a quick look at where, like if my daughter graduated, let's say, I can yeah. see what day she graduated. So, oh, that's week one or week five. So what kind of system do you have to be able to get those mini photos super quick? Because I'm sure you have, you have to have a routine to be able to do that regularly and to keep up with it. Yes, I use a Canon IV printer. It's one of those mini printers. Okay, yeah. Um, so what I do is that uh, their app has a collage of four photos in there. So when uh -huh. you create the collage of four photos and you print it out, they come out pretty small because yeah. those little photo printers are pretty tiny and they fit perfectly in most of those calendars. I mean, they fit perfectly in my get to work book and they also fit perfectly in my passion planner. Oh, I love that. That's such a fun, it's, you know, it's uh, memory keeping on its own. So maybe you, if you mm -hmm. never did anything else, at least you have that recorded, but it's also a way to jog your memory and save those stories for future storytelling. Yes, exactly. And it's, a, it's kind of fun and easy. Basically, if you have those mm -hmm. little mini printers, you're not going to your big printer and printing a bunch of small photos. I literally just wait till the end of the week, go back in and just print those photos out and put them in my planner. Fun. I love that. Thank you. So are there other products that you haven't already mentioned that you're totally obsessed with? Like what, what are you buying these days? Um, what do you just absolutely love? Oh my gosh. There's a lot of stuff that I absolutely love. <laughs> I wish I didn't love all the products and then I, I would be buying them all. But right now, uh, are we talking just like a product or or brands feel in free, Feel free to share whatever you like. I know that I've been rapidly acquiring six by eight stamp sets. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't even get me started with stamp sets <laughs> because I, I am obsessed with uh, Kelly Perky stamp sets. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever hated a stamp set from her. Uh, that's something I always loving from her. Uh, but recently I have fallen in love with the We Are Memory Keepers hole punch it has like five holes yes in different sizes that mm -hmm. thing is genius and i wish we had it you know years ago but a long time ago, yes. i know because it's it's perfection and i've been you know working in a mini album so punching out the holes the right size has just been so easy and perfect so i've really been enjoying using that hole punch it's kind of pricey but i think it's worth every single penny because I've been using it nonstop. 
But no, I have one too, and it's so handy. And I was using my crocodile big bite for a long time. And yep. It was just like it'd be hard to get it in the right spot, and then like it might slide. It was just you, you didn't have as much control over you have versus this one that's in your hand. And yeah. the, the flexibility of different sizes too is really nice. Yeah. Well, it's so it's kind of like a weapon. It's so heavy. <laughs> it is much heavier than I expected. <laughs> yes. It's crazy heavy. But I, I love it. It's uh, perfect. I actually used it, uh, I think, last week to hold mm-hmm. my tripod in place. That's how heavy <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, I, for, I, I always like stack, hold my camera against something in the morning when I'm taking a little video. And so I need to use that as yeah. my whole camera stand. <laughs> it's, it's handy. <laughs> Any other products that are popping to mind that you're just obsessed with, can't get enough of? I'm trying to think. Uh, I think those are like the two that, well, I have to say, I do love my Studio Calico kits. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if I didn't get my Traveler's Notebook kit, I don't know what I would do because I use those Traveler's Notebooks monthly and um, it's, I just love their kits and their products and it's, I don't know, their products really speak to me. So definitely obsession. Uh, It's an obsession for years now. I've been a subscriber to them for, I don't know, since like 2011 or something. So. Yeah, that's a long time. That's back when they were doing, you know, just paper, traditional scrapbook kits. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm curious with your traveler's notebook projects, are you documenting stories in the moment? Like, um, kind of next to your project life. How do you figure out what's what you're going to do in that traveler's notebook? So for my project life, it's always about everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically, anything that happened throughout the week goes in there. But my traveler's notebooks. Sometimes I even repeat myself. So if I uh, added a photo in my project life, I don't mind using that same photo to tell a story in my traveler's notebook. So I always say my traveler's notebook is where I get to be very creative and just have fun. And you'll see in my layouts, like I'll trim out photos. Um, I'll add the little teeny tiny photos and large photos because I'm just having fun in that. I'm trying to uh, use it as an outlet for me, a creative outlet. Uh, so I don't mind if you can't really see the perfection of a photo or if the photo Mm -hmm. is not perfect, I don't mind it either. It's just basically it holds, uh, my favorite stories, my favorite photos, and that's basically it. So I don't mind if I repeat myself. And I always say like my traveler's notebooks are for me. It's not for anybody else. Um, it's not like I plan to give these to my kids or anything like that. I just like creating. I love paper and I love my photos and I want to document them. So I use my traveler's notebooks for that. Mm, I love that distinction. And I think we all have different needs and we are fortunate to be able to satisfy those different needs with, with different choices that we make for our scrapbooks. Yes. Yes. So is there anything that you think you use or you do on most of your pages? Like what kind of trends would we notice um, if someone was coming to your Instagram uh, with fresh eyes? Uh, So I do use a lot of stamping. (laughs) I love my big titles. I feel like uh, I've always done the big titles, even back in the day when I did the traditional scrapbooking. But I I love my stamping. And I think... um, my small uh, photos, 
I don't mind using tiny photos on my spreads. I know a lot of people like, you know, the traditional sized photos or larger photos, but I feel like, you know, it's fun to play around and kind of uh, print out your photos in a photo strip or print mm-hmm. out your photos to fit in a little mini frame. So I really love doing that whole stamping uh, a TV screen and then backing it up with a photo of whatever I'm watching. I love doing that. I love playing with things, you know, my stamps and stuff like that. So um, that's definitely something I always do. Sometimes I feel like I'm boring because I keep repeating myself, but I always feel like if it works for you, just keep doing it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes we don't want things to be fussy or or quote unquote hard, but sometimes we do. We want it intentionally because this is fun and we want the satisfaction of, particularly if you're using like repetition, we Mm -hmm. want, and, and the tiny things are always so cute. So I think we have choices and sometimes we can make it simple and clean and sometimes we can cut little tiny things because yes. we want to. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I always feel like, you know, it's um there is no right or wrong way to scrapbook. Mm-hmm. You know, uh just do what makes you happy and what when you look at your layout, you're proud of what you created. So it's I never fall into the I want to do what everybody else is doing. I always like to just do what I like to do. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, you know, oh, well, it's my scrapbooking, you know? Yeah. And then we'll, we can try again another time too, because yeah. there's always stuff that we make that, you know, we don't even like, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it, it took me a long time to finally say, you know what, the next page will be better. Or in five years, I'm not going to think that page looks weird. I might actually like it. And, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. You know, it it's funny that... It's funny because um, when I create something that I don't like, but I still post it on Instagram, it gets the most likes. So I'm always like, what? How did they like this layout? I mean, I wasn't even happy with it. I didn't even want to post it, you know? It's funny. Yes, it is funny that way. Yeah. Now I'm curious if you're someone who whose kind of energy for scrapbooking ebbs and flows, or do you always feel motivated to create? Well, I never push myself to create. I only create when I want to create. I felt like last year I took on too many um, creative teams. I was on, I think, three. Uh, So I felt at some point that I was creating because I had to at some point. And Mm -hmm. when I get to that point, I don't like it because my crafting is for joy. And if it's feeling overwhelming, and I'm being pressured to create, then I'm not happy. So I made sure to scale down big time for 2022 because I don't ever want to not want to craft. So I take it pretty easy. Um, I don't craft every day, but when I do craft, I craft for long hours. (laughs) Like I, okay, okay, yeah, I'm in it. Like if I'm gonna craft and I turn on my camera to record for like my YouTube channel uh I'm in it I'll even like bust out like three videos but I have I I have to be in it I want to craft so I'll do it but if I'm not feeling it I'm not gonna craft 
I love that. And I think it also shows how we're all different because some some people like are going to be exactly like you and, and want to find those larger blocks of time where you can find the creative flow and others will, you know, need to to dabble a little bit here and there to be able to mm-hmm. stay connected to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And crafting is self-care for me. It's mm-hmm. um, something that I find joy in. And I never want to lose that because it's my time. It's like my me time. Now, do you ever find it difficult to find the intersection between when you are feeling excited about it and there's time in the day in the schedule to do it? What do you mean? Sorry. Oh, just in terms of how, do you ever feel like you have to fit it in or you're running out of time or, or there's just um, not time in the day? I mean, I guess, you know, you're in a season of life now. Your, your kids are older, so you probably have a reasonable amount of leisure time. Oh, I understand. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I do find time. If I want to find the time, I will find the time. <laughs> uh-huh. but, but basically, I, I'm a, like a morning crafter not an evening crafter. I always feel like evening time is for my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, So once I'm done with work and I work from home, so once I get my work done, I decide to craft and have that time for myself, basically. Um, So, but I do have, definitely I have more time to take a good portion of my day and just craft. Like it's, uh, that's why when I do craft, I'll craft for, you know, a good amount of time basically. But I try to craft most of the time early mornings when it's fresh and I'm excited to craft in the evening. I'm just too tired and I'm not creative and I don't want to be crafting. I just want to be in my PJs, you know? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) for sure. And it's important to do what you can to honor those personal rhythms because we're all, you know, a little bit different. And like you, by it's like 8.30. I am, I'm so zonked out. So, Oh, my gosh. My, me, it's like 7.30. Like, we eat dinner, everything. I'm like, I'm out. I'm going to change. <laughs> That's it. My day is over. <laughs> well, I appreciate you spending time with me in your evening time then. So, <laughs> No problem. <laughs> so I'm curious if over the years you found some things in scrapbooking, whether it's a supply, a technique, a size, a format that you've decided, nope, that's not for me. Uh, I'm going to say cut files. I just, yeah, I'm not, it's not that I don't like the look of them. I love what people do with them, but, um, I'm the type of uh, crafter that if something's going to take me away from my desk while I'm crafting, it's too much work. So basically it's too much work for me. And, uh, I like things to go fast and, and I feel like uh, cut files, you're going to need the machine and then you have to like get online and get the cut file. You know, it's just a lot of steps to create. Uh, I just sure. find it easier for me to just create and not worry about the extras. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I've never done them. It's crazy. It's been years since I've been crafting and I've never done cut files Oh, so interesting. Well, yeah, we all have things like that where we just know enough about ourselves to know this isn't going to work for me. Yeah. Um, And I think the more that we 
really be honest about that. That helps us make better purchasing decisions. So that <laughs> yes, the, exactly. the tools that we do buy, we know we're going to use. Yes, exactly. For sure. And like, I think punches, I've never, like, I only have a few punches and they're mm-hmm. all circle, like circle punches. That's it. I <laughs> I feel like I don't need them. And if I wanted like a square, I could just use a die cut and that's it, you know, or not a die cut, a die to cut yeah. out a square. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not into the punches. I know a lot of people have like drawers and drawers of punches, but yeah, I, I don't think I've ever purchased that many punches ever. It's always <laughs> circles. I'm always drawn to circles. I have them every size. <laughs> I'm curious, what do you have drawers and drawers of? Stamps. They're buckets and buckets <laughs> of stamps. <laughs> yeah. Stamps and ink pads. And it's so bad because I know it's too much, but yeah. I always tell myself I use them and I do go through them uh, once or twice a year and go through all my stamps and, you know, make that decision that I haven't used this stamp for the past year and needs to go and give it to somebody who will. So I do definitely purge uh, the stamps that I don't use. Um, but also, I- I'm lucky enough to be on a few creative teams throughout the years and get, you know, all the stamp sets. And I always say this to people, like, um, I get these stamp sets. A lot of them I probably wouldn't purchase. Like, I'm not yeah. going to go and purchase 20 stamp sets, basically, <laughs> you know, so... Um, but I do. Yeah, I have way too many stamp sets. And I literally just bought stamp sets this week. <laughs> which is, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was uh, a bad purchase. It's a good and a bad purchase, basically. No, <laughs> I get it. I bought so many stamps at the end of the year that I had to buy more supplies to organize my stamps. <laughs> yeah, so. that's not, that's when you know you have too much of something, when you have to buy more buckets or <laughs> yes, organization yes. for it. Yes. So our last two questions are a little bit more big picture, um, but I'm curious, where would you like your scrapbooking to be in 10 years? I would like it to be where I'm documenting or crafting my kids and their partners uh, maybe mm. grandkids. I don't know. It's like, uh, and vacations of my husband and I basically without the kids. It's just, um, I'm hoping that my documentation evolves to where I get to that point in life where I'm not just documenting my family, but I'm also documenting my kids and their families as well. Oh, very cool. I love that. I love very forward thinking in terms of what you want or what you're hoping your life will look like then. So, yes. Yeah. And then, kind of more looking backwards, what has being a scrapbooker taught you? I'm going to say scrapbooking, well, it's part of, well, scrapbooking to me is part of also a community. And um, I feel like being a part of this community and scrapbooking has taught me to be myself and love myself. Mm. I've gained a lot of knowledge from other crafters in this community. And I've also learned to be okay with what I document on my spreads. So uh, a lot of people who've been following me for a while know I'm dyslexic. 
So when I started sharing online, I was always so worried that people would read my journaling or people would point out like uh, spelling mistakes, you know, and when Mm. you're dyslexic, these things matter to you and you're always worried about it. So being a part of the community and sharing this has really taught me that I don't care. Like you shouldn't care. Who cares what people think your, you know, how, how good or how bad your journaling is. I'm not a poet. My journaling is not amazing, but what's important is I'm putting it on paper and I'm okay with that. And I've just learned to be okay with who I am and the good and the bad. And I think our community also helps us feel not so alone that we share all share so many similar struggles and um, ups and downs in life and and things that we fear or worried about. So I think that's that's something that often comes out because scrapbooking as a hobby is so personal in itself. Yes, yes, because you you see everybody else sharing their family and their struggles, mm-hmm. uh, and it can be any kind of struggle. So you feel like you're not alone. Uh, and I always say this, the community is so amazing. Like whenever that you're down or something happens within your family, everybody's there for you. Everybody's mm-hmm. messaging you. Everybody's checking on you. So it's like a family, uh, my internet family, that's what I call them. So it's yes, like, yes, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Because I see their kids grow up. I see their, um, their families and their life and what they love and what they don't love. So it's so fun to know all of these people, but through their scrapbooking. Yeah. So they reveal, I mean, our pages reveal so much about ourselves. Sometimes the things that we don't even notice, but the others might notice too with our choices and our colors and favorite patterns and things like that. So exactly. Yes. This is so been so delightful. I appreciate all your thoughtfulness. Can you share where we can find you online? Anything you have new or coming up this year? Um, Yes, I'm going to be doing some uh, big picture classes this year. So you can find some of my classes there. I also have classes on my site, which is hibba-alsabai-thinkfink.com. And you can find me on Instagram, it's Hiba El Sabai, and on YouTube, it's My Little Journal. Perfect. We'll include all those links in the show notes for this episode. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. Are you ready to start implementing the great ideas you hear on the podcast? The Simple Scrapper membership offers a welcoming space to connect with fellow memory keepers and find the creative accountability you've been craving. Visit simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our community. It's the best it's ever been.